let's take it in a different direction then and let's talk about what the you know you said you didn't have the vocabulary to describe the benefits of of meditation but why like why need meditation in the first place you know what's what's the purpose of seeing your your thoughts coming and and all that kind of stuff like did you feel before you started meditating that um there was a like a need or a gap yeah i feel like i feel like there's more freedom um like the impulsivity is a good one right like i used to feel and i still feel to 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 a a different degree like less so than i used to but i would feel very compelled to act on something that would just enter my mind and i would need to act on it immediately Mm. and i think that's part of the reason why i was able to have some some success pretty early on is because i was very good at taking action on things Mm -hmm. but i also feel like just because like that same impulsivity and like wanting to do something now and just simplify everything and just just get to it I also feel like that's caused me a lot of stress in my life because I I've made poor decisions and they they're kind of far reaching and then I feel bad about myself and so for me I didn't start meditating because I wanted to control my impulsivity I did it because like in popular culture right now it's like a thing right and there's there's more access to non crazy religious chanting versions of it that I I like the idea of trying it out okay so, so I, I wasn't well, trying to change anything about myself but like just the way that I'm always inter- interested in self-development from like uh, from working out or reading certain things or having conversations like this with you I felt like it was another avenue that I was interested in for yeah. the same thing well so I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick on a stranger here because I I feel like I I understand the need for meditation and and it it comes from experience outside of my own because I I think I've I don't know maybe I learned it younger or something but I I met this guy recently and um, when I met him he was this extraordinarily outgoing guy and and we talked about kind of what he did and um, his, his social life and everything. And, and I, it came out that he was, he was single, but he was dating a lot. Um, and he, his relationships weren't making it past the third week. And he also was in this insane job where he was spending like three days of a week in one country and four days of the week in another country. And he had to fly back and forth because of, of what he did for a living. He, in his days back in his, his home country, he would schedule crazy hikes. Like he would go do a, a like a, a summit that required ropes and climbing gear and, and, you know, it was a potential to die. And he would never, like at no point in his life was he ever actually alone. He would go out dancing until he was so tired that he couldn't function anymore and he would fall asleep and then he would wake up and go to work and then he would get off of work and go to some event or to some like athletic event and then he would go out to the clubs and dance and it was it, it kind of like this was one of the most social humans I'd ever met in my life and to listen to him talk and the way that he spoke about his his relationships with you know with women with uh, with other people his friends 
he sounded like one of the loneliest people I've ever met in my life. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of, like, I, I, it started to dawn on me toward the end of the night as he was, like, not, he wasn't begging, but he was everything short of begging to keep us out because it was too late in the night for him to find somebody else to hang out with. I kind of realized that this dude was doing everything in his power to not end up alone with himself. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't know that I fully understand that. Um, because it just, it seems so critical, right? Like you have to be able to be alone with yourself, but, um, why? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like everything I've ever learned about myself has come in the space where I didn't have outside stimulus. Like if I'm if I'm able to sit quietly and kind of reflect on who I am or or what I think I am and who I'm becoming versus who I want to become or who I, I hope to become um, or the, the decisions I'm making versus the decisions I told myself I'd make when I was, you know, uh, like last year or last week. Um, I can, I, that's when I see the gaps between where I am and where I wanted to be or where I am and where I thought I'd be. And then I can actually weigh those decisions and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm here. I wanted to be there. Am I, is it different because I found a better thing and it's just an adjustment that needs to be made? Or am I here because I'm pulling myself off track and losing sight of, of what was really important because of the convenience of, getting swept up in this event or because I got into this relationship and it's, it's bad for me, but I'm not realizing it, you know, without, without that alone time, I can't, I mean, I feel like in the span of a month, I can get way off track. If I'm too busy, if I have too many trips, if I don't have enough time, you know, like going from visiting a friend to having family in town to being at a conference, I'll, I'll find myself four, four weeks later and I'm like, oh my God, I like, I hate everything about my life right now which is not true I don't but I start to feel that way and it's because I've been pulled off and as soon as I have a couple minutes to sit quietly and like think about what I'm doing I can organize everything I can figure out what what actually made me upset well it turns out I didn't sleep enough over those last four weeks and so I'm grumpy and I'm I'm tired so you know hey problem solved take a nap <laughs> but if I didn't ever stop to take that that inventory and to like really kind of reflect on what was going on I might just spend the next however many weeks or months or years feeling that like rough anxiety. And I, I, I think you're hitting on something important. And I think that's why the meditation retreat was interesting to me. And I also think why it's uh, I try to seek out being alone is because I feel like it's a I, it's a restorative process for me. It's how I like make sense of everything. And so telling the story about this guy, I'm, I'm just curious why, why you told that. Like, do you feel like that's pretty, like you didn't relate to that at all? No, Did you? It, it was like, it was like, it was something that, um, it kind of like communicated an issue that I've run into. And so I'm, I'm not the most empathetic person. Like I, I have trouble relating to what other people mm-hmm. are feeling and, and what, what they're you know, if, if they're not doing something that's good for them, it's hard for me to, to sit down and realize like, well, why don't you just do the thing that's good for you? It's so clear. Um, it, but I've never actually been in a position to really hear 
how intensely somebody will work to distract themselves from ever having those conversations. Mm. Um, and by so, conversations, you mean like conversations with themselves? Yeah, exactly. Like, be, like taking that time to sit and think about, you know, who am I and why am I doing this and what do I really care about? Um, it's, it's kind of, it's like heartbreaking and infuriating because it's, it, I mean, it's obviously it's heartbreaking to watch somebody who doesn't even know themselves. Um, and no, I can't say for sure that that guy doesn't know who he is, but I, I feel, I feel like even if he's a bad example and he's actually like a great, you know, uh, a walking exa- uh, example of, of exactly what you should do with internal monologue, like even if he's not like a story like that, I know many people, you know, in my mm-hmm. life and in, in books and uh, when you, you hear these characters who you can, you can see what's wrong and you, you're aware of all these different solutions and, and things that could happen. And, and, um, I think that if you, you know, when somebody tells you like, Oh, you're too close to the problem or you're too close to the project. And you know what they mean is like, Oh, you need a, an outside opinion. I, I love that. I mean, I love getting outside opinions, but I also think that in the, in any circumstance where you're too close to the problem, you can, get further away from the problem just by sitting down and being still for a minute and oh, I agree completely it, it gives you that time to like kind of uh, just put a little space like if you're running at full speed all the time you never get a chance to take a breath and take inventory and um, I, I just I feel like I in addition to this guy um, I just occasionally meet people or, or, you know, I have to deal with, with certain people in my, in my life who are in that dead sprint. And the idea of not being in that sprint of, of, you know, I don't know, taking it, a 10 day meditation or, or leaving the phone off for a full day. Like that thought is fucking terrifying to them. Well, I think what happens is because then you have to confront why you're sprinting in the first place mm-hmm. and where you're where you're going. Yeah. Well, it makes it scary what, because that makes it sound like you're running from something. Yeah, or running towards something. I mean, in either way, like you're not happy with where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When's the la- when's the last time I want to do two things. I want to talk about like maybe some of the last times that you've been alone or or like chosen solitude. Uh, in small ways, either like a day or a couple hours or mm. longer. And then I want to talk about uh, how to do that or how you do that, if you do it at all, on like a day-to-day basis in terms of like tethered to technology and working styles and stuff. I don't think we need to get into a bunch of productivity. I think that's another conversation. But yeah. just how do, you, how do you distance yourself and find that space? So the first question that was like, when was the last time? I mean, you're traveling. You just got into Rome. You were in France beforehand. You've been traveling for like seven or eight months now mm-hmm. with your with your girlfriend. So when is the last time that you've actually had had, had some solitude, like been alone? Um, I mean, I get a little bit of solitude all the time. You know, um, one of the, the things that I really like about Italy is the way the coffee culture here works. So instead of like a cigarette break, or I guess in addition to cigarette breaks for a lot of people in Italy, but um, in my case... Like there's a there's this ritual of going down to a bar, which is a coffee shop, and ordering espresso. And so you just get a, a shot of espresso, 
and they serve it to you at the bar. So just standing, you get your shot and you sip it and then you like leave. And it's like a, it's like a 10 minute little, or not even like a five to 10 minute little break where you walk in and all you have to say to anybody is, you know, un cafe. And they'll take your money, they give you a receipt, you go slap the receipt down on the counter, you don't have to talk to anybody else. And so I do that a couple times a day and I'm able to walk in, stand there for a minute, think about what I'm doing, just be quiet. In terms of like- bigger, Do you bring your phone? No. I mean, or it's in my pocket. Like I don't, I won't sit at the counter and look at my phone. That's what I'm curious about, right? You don't, do you find that you have that impulse, that compulsion to like pick it up and look at something? Not nearly as bad as I used to. And that's Mm. something that I've actively worked on is reducing my dependence on technology to fill space because it's so, so easy to say. Let's talk about that for a minute and then go. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute and then go into like maybe some bigger stuff. But like, you you said it you used not not as bad as you used to like what did it used to be like and then why did you want to change it and what have you done to change it well i mean a lot of it goes back to you know the um the story that i keep telling about my beard you know the the whole overkill cult thing like i when i was 2012 2013 i was working nonstop and it, and a lot of that was work done on my phone or the appearance of work done on my phone. Um, you know, I would wake up and check email and then I would like have my phone out like texting or, or, or emailing somebody on my walk to get coffee. Um, as I was getting coffee, I would check in on Facebook and then I would be reading an email on the way back home and then I would get on my computer and if I took a break, I was scanning through emails to figure out what was next. Like it never shut off. It was always on. And that was like I've never been an unhappy person. Like I, it would be unfair for me to say that I was unhappy because I live a really fucking charmed life. However, it was the least happy that I've ever been because I didn't have that space. You know, I and I, I had a lot more of it when I was younger. When I was in the band and traveling, I used to I used to love it because I would drive and I'd get these long stretches where I was the only person in the van who was awake. And I would put on some album I'd never heard before and just let it play while everybody else slept. And I'd have two hours of just driving down some interstate in the U.S. in the dark and like thinking. It was awesome. I loved it. And then I fell away from that. I started freelancing and and got way. Well, and technology became way more crazy, right? Well, I mean, I like I had my I had my first smartphone. I had a Palm Pilot um, so I could get on the internet at that point in time like I, if I wanted to I could I I just it did it wasn't part of my ritual yet it wasn't part of my life because the music only needed to be done like all I needed to do was get on and like tell people about the show on MySpace or like send out a, a newsletter blast to whoever was in Albuquerque like that kind of stuff and and then I was done I didn't need to do it anymore and at some point in time between my transition from promoting a band to promoting a freelance career, it stopped being about doing the job and started being about like, it was just what I did. It was, it, it became my hobby and my, my, my livelihood and my like way of leisure. So there was no, there was never an off button on. There's no separation between them. Exactly. So I, I had to, um, 
I recognized in, uh, I think it was in 2013 when my, my beard started to fall out, uh, that I needed to, f- to fix the balance. And, and so that was kind of like, obviously nothing will, will give you a, like a wake up call faster than, than physically ailing. Um, you know, I, I think that that's probably one of the best triggers in the world. Somebody has a heart attack or somebody finds out that, you know, they've, they've got cancer or in my case, like hair starts falling out of my head like you go oh shit something is very wrong <laughs> and then you you know you want to work to to fix it and I got lucky because what what happened to me was really minor and when I when I fixed my stress levels it corrected itself um but it, what did it, you start doing to do that like how did you correct course then uh, like if you like going through like your day like what you just said like checking your email as you're walking to the coffee shop, emailing clients, checking in on Facebook. Like, how did you? Do you still do that stuff? Did you stop doing it? No. How, how no, does technology I, play a role now? I I've been getting pretty stringent about all this, and I've got a whole post about how I separate my time. But the the gist of it is that I do um, communication heavy days and then focus heavy days, and I like block my time out to. Um, to make sure that like I've got 90 minutes of uninterrupted work so I can get important shit done. And then I've got 15 minutes to sit and like be off a phone, off a computer, just kind of like being a human, which is where I'll go. I'll take a quick walk or I'll, uh, I'll go order more coffee and just kind of stand or sit quietly. Um, and then I'll do another 90 minute block. I usually do three or four of those a day. Um, so, you know, three breaks, one of them is, is a lunch break. That's as long as I want it to be. And I, I try to just leave my phone, untouched for those periods of time um, and then in the evening I'll like do a little bit of phone stuff like I, I typically don't do social media on my computer so I'll do mostly like most of my social media happens on my phone and it happens in in one big like spurt at night like I'll, I'll sit down for an hour and just dick around on Facebook and Twitter and, and whatever um, but otherwise I, I just try not to touch it like Marissa I, I've I've asked her and encouraged her to give me a lot of shit if I pull my phone out in public um, I've tried to catch myself so that I don't have to get the shit and it's I mean it you know every once in a while I'm like oh, I'm really bored I, I want to look at my phone usually though it's just an it's like a knee-jerk impulse pull it out look at it and like I don't know like refresh Twitter because nothing else is happening um, but stepping away from it is you know it gives you that space to be a human to, to be alone with your thoughts and, and kind of, um, reflect on, I've had, I've had to go to the, I don't know if it's extreme, but like, I know, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, but you find my, uh, wanting to set up things so I don't have to use self-control quite funny because you don't have to do it. Well, I, I think it's funny because you go to such extreme lengths. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I always make the joke that, that whenever there's a problem, your solution is not to, like, it, like if there's a leak in your bathtub, you you don't think, get a new bathtub. oh, I can, I can, like, get a little bit of, of caulk and, and just plug that hole. You think... Burn the house down. Get a new one. <laughs> like, yeah, so. at that point, you need a new bathtub. <laughs> this is what I, I'm not saying it's the right way to do it, but I am understanding, like, uh, I think the meditation thing, too, 
and uh, I guess being alone has allowed me to accept myself and my tendencies a little bit more and to, and to actively like work with them and Mm -hmm. try to change them. Or if they're just innate, just work with them. But hearing the way that like you, uh, handle your technology and your communication now, like I do things similar, uh, similarly, but I go to, like you said, extreme lengths. So my home screen on my iPhone, uh, I don't have Safari or Google Chrome, and you know this already, uh, and I can't download those things because I don't know my password to my phone. <laughs> like, I know how to get it off the lock screen, you know what I mean? Like, when you first turn on the phone, like, I have that password, but I don't have any, like, deep passwords for, like, changing actual settings on my phone because Shelly knows that, and I think she forgot it. Which means if I ever actually need to change anything, I think I'm fucked. <laughs> but so if I look at my home screen, like I look at my home screen right now, and I'll take a screenshot of this and we'll put it up on uh, in the show notes or on the blog or something like that. But I have phone, podcasts, and Spotify available, and I don't have social media on my phone, like no Twitter, no Facebook. Uh, I don't have Safari and I really try to minimize the amount of apps that I have. I don't have any games on my phone and I do that all because I know that if left to my own devices, I will use my devices. <laughs> that's See what a, I that's did like there? That's like a perfect quote. If left to my own devices, I will use See my devices. See what I did there? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I get it. And I, I honestly, like, I tease you about it because it seems funny to me. But I, I really think that one of the best growing experiences of my life was when I realized that things that I would call weaknesses for me aren't weaknesses. They're just personality traits you have to work around. Um, or, it, yeah, work with. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's that's what I mean. Like, you, you play into what you're best at. Like, I am not a particularly... Uh, you know, I mentioned this earlier, I'm not a particularly empathetic person, so I'm probably not going to try to put myself into a role where I need to be empathetic. Like, I just, I know better than that. I'm not the shoulder to cry on. I'm not the person that somebody's going to talk to in a bar and end up telling their whole life story to. That's you. That's Marissa. Like, that's, those are the strengths that you play to. Nah, and, I don't want to hear that shit either. <laughs> yeah, but people can talk to you because you're empathetic about it. Or you're accommodating at least. Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm like. Yeah. Cool. Maybe fix that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but so I mean. But when you find out that you know. Okay. So you are. You're impulsive. Um, so if you are having a conversation and you know that there's a box in your pocket that'll tell you the answer to a question, you're gonna have a hard time not checking. Right? Yeah, I'll use the box. Yeah. So. So you you just know that about yourself. So you've removed the temptation and that's like, that's not like whatever. It's funny to me because I would never need to do that. But for you, it's not funny because if you had the box, you would be like probably on it right now, you know, looking up something and, and I'd be stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like you'd be Cause I would be like, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't want to look at the box, but I have to look at the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've known, I, I've known that about myself for a while. Actually. Like I, I remember like you and I, I'd, I'd always like tell myself, uh, I just don't want to put myself in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I think <laughs> like the, when I, the best example of that is uh, is like it's like being in a committed relationship. Like you have zero intention of cheating on your girlfriend. 
No, like no part of you wants to cheat on your significant other. But if you walk into a room and somebody that is sexually attractive just throws themselves at you and you're alone and all the doors and windows are closed and no one will ever know, it's, it gets so much harder to say no. Like you'll, you might still be able to do it, but how many times will you be able to do that? Whereas the smarter thing to do is don't walk into that room alone in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, don't let yourself get into the situation where you have to use the self-control. Just avoid avoid the situations where self-control becomes an issue. I think that's an Alcoholics Anonymous thing, too. They're like, the easiest way to not have a drink is to don't go into a bar. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, why would you tempt yourself? Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I think, you know, I think that stuff is, um, it's it's so critical to kind of take that time to be alone with yourself because it allows you to identify those things. Like I feel you like even, you're, you're good. Go ahead, sorry. I, who's talking? I'm talking. Um, <laughs> you can talk. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I feel like if with the, the meditation, it, it allows you to um, identify that stuff. Like the, it, it allows you to identify in your case that you're impulsive, right? And so that leads you, that leads you to a solution, hopefully. Um, or at least opens the door for you to find a solution or, or to start looking for one. Mm-hmm. 